I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to Inside Sources. We are not Boyd Matheson. I'm Greg Scordis alongside Leah Murray, and we're talking about the news of the day. And that, for this next uh, segment, Leah, we, we it seemed like a couple of weeks ago you and I had a segment on KSL at night where we were talking about the protests in Iran mm-hmm. and the fact that it was so unusual. The morality police had come in and they'd taken this woman into custody for a the way she'd worn her burqa and she lady later died and the people were taken to the streets. And we, we, we heard from a correspondence from all over the world, how unusual that was that people would take to the streets and protest in a country like Iran. Well, now it's happening in China. Right. And, and, and it's like, you, you kind of wonder uh, the bravery of these protesters. Right. Now, what I think is so interesting, I remember vividly. So the last time they had protests in China is 1989. I was like, Square. Right, I was 15. And I feel like everything that happens in your life when you're a teenager really burns on your brain. And I like, feel like every show you have to remind <laughs> me how much younger than me you are. It's but go a, ahead. Helpful, go ahead. helpful information. Um, but that vivid memory, right, of the student yes. standing in front of the tank. Like and, I, yeah. f- for the rest of my life, will remember like that is what standing up for freedom looks like exactly students it's always young people right um and so the thing about china is uh you're not allowed how do i say if i google something like if there were protests down here in salt lake i could google it people would be like recording it and i could go and i could join and in china they're so locked down on their information right this authoritarian regime right right so the fact that you have tens of thousands of people taking to the streets the act of courage it takes to do that without knowing your neighbors walking out the door. Do you know what I'm saying? Like right. to, it's again just so for me overwhelmingly powerful a message. Yeah, and, and a couple of days ago here on Inside Sources, we were able to interview Christian Shepherd, a correspondent from the Washington Post, who was in Beijing. He talked to us about the protests. The Chinese government, including Xi Jinping, have uh, barely acknowledged that the protests took place. Uh, the first acknowledgement uh, came uh, on, on Tuesday when uh, a health official mentioned in passing that there had been some uh, discontent with uh, aspects of the policy but dismissed it as being um, a small issue, kind of concerned with mismanagement at a local level rather than the overall policy itself. At the same time, you've seen uh, police presence really ratchet up in uh, most major cities where protests have taken place and there have been arrests of some of the protesters, uh, not just individuals uh, you know, in person, but also uh, police coming to people's homes. So the security state has really been pushing to action to make sure that these demonstrations don't go on for much longer. I suppose, Leah, we should describe what the protests are about. Right, I was going to (laughs) say, what was the policy that they're reacting to? So it was actually President Xi Jinping's 
zero COVID policy, which in China has been heralded as sort of the world model. If you recall, when COVID first came out, they shut down the entire city of Wuhan. I mean, we don't do that in the United States. We we have these directives like wear a mask and don't don't go to work, but people disregard it. In China, when you lock down a city, it's locked down. Right. I like how you think it's the world model to like lock people in. Well, it was the world model for suppressing <laughs> COVID. Push back at Greg and right. Say, okay. No. Right. It, it, <laughs> That's not a great idea. But what I loved about this, right? It is about COVID. So again, you know, kind of we all had that issue at the same time. We all were angry about those lockdowns. And I love this part of the story because it's like we were all protesting. We were all annoyed um, because we're all human. right? Right. Like it hit all of us the same way. But the thing is, I haven't worn a mask in a minute. I don't know when the last time you've worn a mask. I'm not expecting to be put into lockdown, right? Our students at Weber State, sometimes they have COVID and they just kind of let you know. But we've eased off a lot of our restrictions and we're all managing using vaccines and the tools that we have. And my goodness, what is China? Look at, like, what are they thinking? How have they not moved beyond locking people in their houses? And they're up to 40,000 new cases a day. So they did lock down. And the citizens there, especially the students, the younger people, have gone to the streets and they're protesting. It's it's hard to imagine. I'm listening to that correspondent talk about the presidency not acknowledging very much. But these are thousands of people protesting in at least a dozen cities. So this is not this is pretty widespread. And we'll we'll see where that goes. But um, this 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 is something that's almost unheard of. And and if you recall, they they played some sound bites from some of these protesters. They're calling for President Xi Jinping to resign. Right. I mean, it's not just policies are bad, but they've locked it down. There was apparently a, a fire in an apartment complex that they blamed on the fact that Lockdown literally meant in some buildings locking the door so people can't get out. I mean, right. Again, not the model, Greg, for okay. response. All right. Yeah, you got me there. <laughs> um, our guest on, on the other day also talked about some measured response from the West regarding this unrest in China. The U.S. and uh, other Western governments have been pretty cautious in their response. They tend to be this desire to uh, both voice broad support in principle for the right to protest uh, at the same time as suggesting that this isn't really uh, an issue for uh, Western government to be involved in. And I think it's it's in part a reflection of that, that uh, in China, a lot of nationalist commentators, they often blame foreign forces for instigating these kinds of protests. So a lot of uh, governments, including the U.S., are being quite cautious about uh, lending too direct support to the protests for fear that that might feed into a narrative that they're in some way behind this discontent. Right. I mean, I have to think that we are absolutely in support of these young people sure. toppling this authoritarian regime because we are a democratic republic. And so we would rather have everyone in the world living in freedom. Um, but the point's so well taken, right? I, it's like... It's not that I'm an authoritarian. It's not that I'm a dictator. It's not that I'm locking people in their homes and so they're burning because they can't get out. It's that the West is talking badly about us. So I actually think it makes sense to be measured, right, and to not respond too much and not feed into, not to give that regime the ability – to, to use blame that, the West, right, right? To blame the West. Right. Yeah, I mean, exactly. it, it, you can do you can do that when you're talking about a war in Ukraine and and that type of conduct. But when you're talking about people protesting within their own country, that's their that's their business, and it's not the kind of we could support them, but it's not the kind of thing that we direct and that we that we, we encourage. And right, I would say right. that this country has some history of trying to go into places and mix things up, and I don't think any of us thought 
that ever landed particularly well, right? So it's good for us to be measured. And here's what our guest also told us to look forward to in the weeks ahead in this protest. I think there are a few things that we are watching for. Um, one key issue is uh, whether or not the government in some sense gives in to the protests and realizes that this policy is unsustainable. Um, the amount of political capital she has invested in zero COVID means it's unlikely there will be uh, a um, whole-scale uh, reversal of the policy. Uh, but there may be um, what it amounts to a complete change, uh, even if the, the policy still exists in name. The other thing I think that will be key to see is whether or not some of these methods of resistance, things like protest symbols, um, one thing that's become very common is for people to hold up white pieces of paper in uh, a sign of protest against censorship. Um, so there are these kind of tools and symbols that are being developed um, and then may uh, you know, erupt again at another point if there is another moment when uh, people you know, become particularly concerned about uh, another aspect of the political situation in China. You know, I've heard that before. The white piece of paper, it doesn't say a word on it. They're not saying anything, but it's a sign of protest. But it would be hard for a government to to punish somebody for something like that. You know what I mean? And I think that's the that's the right. brilliance of that, whoever thought of that. I mean, right. that's, that's, that's really interesting that that's one of their symbols of protest, just holding up a blank piece of white paper. Right. Coming up after the break, Cindy Merrill hopes to fill a plane with Christmas presents for refugees in Berlin and Ukraine in honor of the Candy Bomber. She'll join us next. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. 